Hello, hello out there. Max here, co-founder and chief growth officer at Influx Marketing. And today we're at the Aesthetic Society meeting here at the Miami Beach Convention Center. This is the annual meeting of the American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. Every year I walk the aisles and I end up spending most of my time chatting with industry peers and marketing-minded physicians, and I always walk away really feeling like I have my finger on the pulse of what's happening in our space. So this year, I thought it would be fun to take it a step further and have those same discussions that I always find myself having, but do it in a podcast format so that I can bring them to you at home. So if you're like me and you want to be dialed in on what's happening within the world of patient acquisition and digital marketing for aesthetic practices, follow along, and I hope to bring you some valuable insights through these conversations that you can use to take your practice to the next level. All right, we're back, and I'm now joined by Dr. Stefan Baker, who's practicing here in Miami, Florida. He also happens to be a client of Influx. And Dr. Dr. Baker, thank you so much for joining us here today. My pleasure. So we're right in your backyard. I sure are. <laughs> but it's not where you're originally from, no, Miami. I grew up in, in Germany, in the western part of Germany, before the wall fell in Frankfurt. Frankfurt, I'm in Germany. Wow, and then you so, came to Miami by way of Manhattan. Uh, well, I came to college. Uh, I was adopted by an American. Gave me the opportunity to come to America, so I tried out American college life for a year. One year became two, then four, then applied to medical schools. Ended up in NYU in New York. Did my medical training there and then spent five years in general surgery. And then that took me till 19, 1989, and then I came to Miami for plastic surgery residency with Dr. Millard. So after I was here for about six months, I started liking the environment more than any place else I've ever lived. And I'm still here. So and here we are. Years later, 30 plus years later. And I'm guessing Miami's changed a little bit since then. Uh, extremely, I would say. I mean, 89, it was kind of like a small town. In Miami, on Miami Beach, there was really nothing going on. I mean, you know, the whole Ocean Drive thing was one lane road. News Cafe was already there. Uh, but other than that, it was just a quiet, quiet place. Nothing happening. You didn't even know you were on, on South Beach. You know, nobody would know that South Beach became South Beach later on. Yeah. So it was just a beautiful place, beautiful beaches. And, uh, you know, in the early 90s, we had the modeling industry down here. So Europeans, Germans, Italians, French, they were shooting down here. Johnny Versace moved here in 1990, built a Versace Palace. Uh, that brought a lot of people down here. And then, you know, Miami just started growing. Lots of New Yorkers, lots of New Yorkers. I mean, when I was out here about in, in on Miami Beach, I would constantly run into people I knew in Manhattan. Oh, really? So, you know, restauranters, clubs, and all those kind of, you know, there was just a ton of people coming from New York. It was a beautiful place. It is. You know? It is. And there's been a whole new wave of growth. Since yeah, the pandemic. it's just tremendous, tremendous growth in the real estate market. Now we have big finance move to, you know, South Florida. They all live on Miami Beach. I mean, you know, billionaires, so, you know, really wealthy financial companies. That brings a whole slew of attorneys down here, big attorney companies, because, you know, they all need attorney attorney services, so one thing leads to another. We got tech happening. Big tech, tech is coming. I mean, everybody's here, you know. And everybody's, you know, we got the Grand Prix now. I mean, it's right. You know, the F1, that, that's, you know, that's that's already a big statement, you know. No kidding. Well, lots of things going on. Okay, so this is your town now. It has been for some time. Yeah, yeah, I know pretty darn well, yeah. You're practicing here. Will you tell us a little bit about your practice, your focus? Well, it's been for probably 30 years now, aesthetic surgery. You know, my main things are facelifting surgeries. Uh, I do a lot of also, you know, rejuvenation type surgery for after pregnancy. So tummy tucks and, you know, breast lifts, breast reductions are my principal things that I do. Excellent. Yep. So as you know, and as we discussed a little before you came here, um, this, this podcast is about marketing. Sure. 
and digital marketing. Yep. But marketing wasn't always digital. Nope. And being as you set up practice here in 1989, I'm sure you remember a time when marketing wasn't digital. I love to pick the brain. Uh, I would love to pick your brain as a surgeon, as a person who's on the ground, seeing these changes in the marketing world. Well, I think the, yeah, the big change has really been social media. Uh, prior to 2005, yeah, the marketing was, you know, the usual marketing. I mean, you'd see billboards on the highways, you'd see you know, newspapers, magazines, et cetera. But, you know, once you got the social media, which makes marketing available to anybody who has a cell phone, uh, things kind of exploded. And uh, if you just scroll through Instagram or Facebook, any of those platforms, you'll see nonstop plastic surgery, which just lends itself. It's a visual medium. Uh, there's a lot of interest, you know, especially, you know, in places like Miami, I'm sure, West Coast, New York, and all those kind of places. Uh, so, uh, you know, marketing prior to social media was probably, you know, was was always kind of like an important thing, but it wasn't an essential thing. So my marketing efforts really didn't start until social media came about, even probably more later than that, because fundamentally, as a physician, I'm against marketing. That's That's just never sat straight with me. I think you do good work and patients talk. Uh, you know, a referral of word of mouth, I think to this day is the best referral. Most of my facelift, uh, you know, patients, uh, you know, they talk. It's a, it's a certain group of people that do that type of surgery. And one per, one person has a good experience, safe experience, and they tell somebody else and they tell somebody else and it's kind of how it works. But if you ignore the, the internet marketing, the social media marketing, you don't get on, you know, you have to be, you have to be out there. You have to exist on in the right. internet. So, so unfortunately, it's really not a, an option anymore, but it's really sort of an essential part of, uh, you know, of, of conducting your, the business side of your, of your practice. Absolutely. I think um, what you just touched upon, obviously things are different today, but I've been around a little while. And I remember when I first, a little more than a decade ago, I started doing aesthetic marketing. There was, there were internal struggles and debates from surgeons about, you know, is this ethical? Should I be marketing? I should just find, uh, I should, you're right. There's no better Dude. marketing than word of mouth. And there's no better patient than you'll get them from the one that's from word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. But many surgeons, and I think this is kind of what you're getting at, yeah. have been sort of pushed into the, pushed into marketing yeah. because everyone around them is doing it. And at a certain point, unfortunately, the consumer maybe doesn't understand the nuances. It's incredibly confusing for patients. Yeah, right. So, I mean, as prospective patients, so much information out there and so much information is confusing, yeah. especially if you don't have a medical background. I mean, how do you, it's, it's, it's like that for other industries too. I mean, how do you find a competent lawyer? How do you find a competent financial advisor? I mean, it's, it's, unless you're in the industry, you don't really know what questions to ask. Uh, so it's all pretty darn scary for patients. And, uh, but, you know, you have, to, you have to have a presence in, in that space so that you, you, people can access you. You know, if you're just hiding in your office, nobody knows you exist. That's, uh, that's not enough. And it used to be different, you know, in the past because, you know, the numbers of people uh, doing this type of surgery was a lot smaller. Uh, you know, now you have plastic surgeons, you have ENT surgeons, you have cosmetic surgeons, you know, you have all kinds of people that are in this, in this market space. And, and so it's really important to have a, a presence and a differentiation. But what's very important to remember is that you got to produce the result. You can't, you can't just tell everybody how wonderful you are and how great you are. If you can't produce the result, you can't produce a happy patient. And marketing sooner or later will have its, you know, downfall. Too. It can't solve those problems. Yeah, I mean, you got to do this. You got to know what you're doing to get the job done. Because at the end of the day, the patient wants you to do a job for them. And if you do it well, then you'll thrive long term. And if you don't, well, you know, that that's the other side of social media. You know, if you don't do well, 
<laughs> there's a there's a real uh, backlash. It's a double edged sword. No yeah, question. Totally. So when you first set up practice, how yep. would you, how would you acquire patients? Uh, initially, just you know what I call the good old fashioned way. I just ran initially to ten different emergency rooms. Uh, so I just saw a lot of you know trauma patients, hand patients. Okay. Yeah. And I spread my name by doing good work on those patients. Mm-hmm. So I got known in the emergency rooms, and patients started referring. Okay, you know I saw this guy do this. So uh, it's sort of like a very organic growth kind of thing. It's not a fast growth. I mean, today, I think, you know, patient, I mean, doctors try to jump into the space and, you know, merely get some fancy name for internet marketing and then, you know, they're Dr. So-and-so and Dr. This. And, you know, it's sort of like, I guess, the new way maybe uh, to, to procure patients. Uh, it's certainly not, you know, what my mentors did. I mean, my mentor, Millard, was vehemently against marketing. He said, it's, you know, marketing is, you know, turns a bum into a hero, but he's still a bum. Um, so, you know, I kind of grew up under that influence. So I was very close-minded about marketing, mm. but I was a different generation. So, uh, you know, you have to adjust with the times. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, like I said, social media has just changed so much in so many industries. Yes. And you can't even ima- imagine the market, you know, without it these days. Nope. Yeah. So that was that was a reconstructive practice you were yep. building, yep. running around to ERs. Yep. Were you able to build an aesthetic practice kind of out? Well, that comes gradually. Yeah. You know, so patients know you did a good job, you know, with putting that finger back together, fixing that tendon injury, putting that facial fracture together, et cetera, et cetera. So then they say, well, you know, I know this guy. And then, you know, patients start looking for you. I said, you know, this guy has certain competence, he has training, and, and then they come in for cosmetic things. So that, that was a very slow organic growth. But a very solid growth. And, you know, it's kind of, it's reputation building. You know, back then, exactly. we, didn't, we didn't have a reputation management and da-da-da and all that stuff. In the same sense. You had, you had to build it, you know, from ground up. So things today, you know, have a much faster pace. Yeah. You know, and everything's sort of, quote, managed. So different world. Different world. So speaking of a different yeah. world, when, yeah. so, when social media sort of yeah. ushered in a new generation or a yeah. new paradigm, yeah. what was the first thing you did when you finally embraced marketing? Well, I mean, I asked around... Uh, you know, I looked, first of all, I looked around what other people were doing, okay. you know, so, you know, you have to always sort of benchmark yourself against, you know, competitors, everybody has competitors. And, uh, you know, I was sort of hesitant. I'm still not a huge fan of social media, frankly, because it's just so much, you know, confusing. Let's call it confusing and not disinformation or misinformation. Uh, okay. I'm yeah, getting at, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, everything's sort of glamorized and like, sensationalized and, you know, so I, I just have a lot of hard time with a lot of those things because... End of the day, I'm a total patient advocate. I mean, I will not do something unless I believe it benefits the patient. Like I said, I call that old school. So uh, shouldn't shouldn't be old school. Hopefully, it's well, not old school. That's what I think. I mean, yeah. I think if you're the patient at some point, you you want to make sure that the doctor has your best interest at heart, yeah. not not uh, you know adding ten thousand procedures on top of whatever else and doing things they don't need, or operating on a patient that shouldn't have surgery. You know, so. There's, there's a lot of conflict that I have with those things that uh, either I see in the industry, you know, but again, you have to adapt. Okay, so you've adapted and you have a, a flourishing practice, but without having to really be fully committed to social media. Correct. It sounds like, you, you you know, there's a bare minimum we have to keep. That's true. But but it sounds like you're not you're not all in on it, clearly. No, no, I mean, what we do with social media is basically put a before and after. So. Right. And, and it's helpful if someone can, someone, I, I feel that it's somewhere in the patient acquisition journey, they vet your authenticity through going through social media. So you need something. Yeah. You, you have to be there. If you don't exist, you don't exist. You don't exist, you don't exist. You know, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, it sounds silly, but it's what, it's, it's true. true, you know, but all, all this, you know, this sort of, you know, romancing the patient and trying to be social with the patient and getting them to like you and, 
you know, I think that's just, you know, there has to be a boundary between professional, you know, things and personal stress. Yes. And, you know, I don't want the patient to be my best friend and, and like, you know, vice versa. I mean, yeah, you want to have a good rapport with your course, but you got to get the job done. For you. You're working for their results and for their best outcome. You know, so, so much of the social media, what I see in the, in the videos is just like, you know, schmoozing up to the patient and, you know, like, oh, yeah, 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 you know, it's like, come on, it's not professional. I understand. I mean, that's how I think. I understand. So, the, but I think there's a lesson here because we talk a lot about how you don't have to have an an absolutely you know a social media presence to the level that some of these people have in order to have a very successful practice. Yeah, uh, that may change. But as of now, uh, you can do very well with uh, minimal social media presence. I think that's kind of a key takeaway here. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but again, I, like I said, I have a lot of patient referrals through other patients. Uh, but you know, it, they you know they they will tell you that they saw your photos on Instagram. Yeah. So they look, everybody looks. So you, you, you have to be there. And I think it, it, it's a, it's a very appropriate thing to show your work. It is appropriate. Yeah. yeah. I mean, with certain, you know, things blocked out sometimes in course, discreet, of course. Uh, but I think that's important. Patients want to see results. That's right. You know, you got to be there to be there. And if you don't exist, you don't exist. Yeah. Unfortunately it's true. So if there are, before we wrap up here, this is yeah. the kind of final thing I want to yeah. ask you yeah. is if there's other surgeons that are in your shoes, maybe not so sure about marketing in this way um, or embracing it. I know we're well into the social media era. I'm curious what's coming next because yeah. it's all about to change, I feel like, again. Well, it's changes never never stops. That's changes a constant. And that's life. So you have any advice you would give to surgeons that maybe had a wall up a little bit about this and, and, are, and are kind of I think, embrace? You know, I, I think the big advice I would say is stay professional. Okay. You know, be professional, okay. be ethical, yeah. uh, get good at what you're doing. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters. You know, you got you to gotta get good at certain surgeries. You can't be good at every surgery, but be good at the surgeries that you are offering and give your best to that patient and, and do the patient right. Don't do things that the patients don't need because you make more money on it. Tell patients that shouldn't have surgery that they shouldn't have surgery. And, you know, just, just you know, be their advocate. You don't have to be their friend, but you need to be their professional advocate. And I think that's 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 part of the mantra being a physician. So I always think of, you know, being a physician first, plastic surgeon always second. Shouldn't be the other way around. It's very sage advice and very a very patient centered approach, which it, is yeah, how worked. it should be. It's worked. It's, it's worked. worked. Yeah. And I'm you know, I'm very happy. I feel great about my practice. And uh, you know, I sleep well at Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing your, your wisdom with us and sharing your time with us. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Appreciate it. We should do it again sometime. Pleasure. Thank you again. Okay.